called Lazarus or Lazius. Every head bowed already. My God, I can make Delta call now, huh? <laughs> uh, this is the title alone. Oh, God. Aye, aye, aye. John chapter 12, beginning verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. By the way, married couples, don't forget, uh, we're giving a dinner. We're all married couples, 5 o'clock next Saturday, my house. Hallelujah. Uh, come on over. Don't be lazy, Lazarus. Uh, when it comes to eating, we'll be there. Here dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among these reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Remember what Ed spoke about at the men's uh, uh, Mighty Men of Valor? He talked about sitting at Jesus' feet. Very powerful. Very, very powerful sermon that Pastor Ed Morales preached from San Jose. Talking about sitting at the feet of, uh, of you know, the people that are discipling you. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, was later, who was later to betray him, objected. Why was his perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him, in Christ. Father, I pray that you would utilize this half hour or so, Lord God, again, for the furtherance of your gospel, the edification of your body, the salvation of souls, maybe not only just today, but the salvation of souls of many that will be one, Lord God, because we're going to decide to be righteous disciples for your honor and glory. Let that happen here today, Lord God. And you know that our church is on the brink, Lord God, and we need to seize the opportunity to move, Lord God, with what your spirit is doing with your glory cloud. Lord God, and, and I pray this for, for this ministry, this church, Lord God, that I would speak with an urgency, Lord God, that you have for the lost. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody together said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Lazarus or lazy us. Now here in Matthew, you know, in John, John's describing what, what happened, but also in Matthew, the same events are depicted in Matthew. Chapter 26, verse 8 of Matthew says that Judas called Mary's actions a waste. Uh, it describes it here, but it also describes it in Matthew. And in Matthew 26, it says, Judas says, why did you do that? What a waste. To what purpose was this waste? He calls it a waste. And a lot of times, whenever you give to God, the devil's going to use sometimes even your family. No, many times even your family. Uh, to say, well, you're wasting your money, man. I can't see that. See, they don't understand. They're, they're in the natural. They're in the carnal. Uh, most of them are in the natural if they don't know Jesus. Uh, there's the natural man, the spiritual man, the carnal man. The carnal man is a Christian, but he's in the carnitas. You know what I mean? Uh, he's in the flesh. The natural man don't even know nothing. And so don't get mad at them when they tell you, ah, they, they don't understand. Okay? The spiritual man, though, should understand the things of God. So today as we look over this, these 11 verses found in John chapter 12, I want us to look at the contrast of the life of Mary 
who was really flossy, if you will, hallelujah. Uh, have you heard that new term, flossy? Uh, and Lazarus, who, who was not. Okay. Now, first of all, we're going to examine the life of Lazarus and see the powerful potential this man had to become, you know, uh, one of the greatest disciples ever to follow the life, to follow Jesus. We know that we've studied before how the, 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 the man that was delivered out of uh, legions of demons in his life, he too could have been a great disciple. You know, he wanted to follow Jesus, but Jesus says, no, go back to your family first. Now, he had a lot of potential because he'd been delivered by a lot of demons. Uh, so to serve God, he had big time potential. But the one that I believe had the most potential to become probably the greatest disciple of all time was Lazarus. Of all time. This guy was raised from the dead. I mean, what potential this man had. Uh, see, Lazarus had been raised righteously from the dead. He'd come back from the grave. He'd come back to life. Only two people in the New Testament are given that distinction. Jairus' daughter and Lazarus. Only two people. Uh, now, due to this great miracle of miracles that happened, truly an individual in the position of Lazarus would have gotten out of the, those grave clothes and like a bat out of hell, followed Christ. I mean, my God, look what happened to me. How many have been delivered from drugs? Don't raise your hand. I mean, those of us have been delivered from drugs. We, we're grateful. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Uh, I mean, hey, man, I don't deserve to be here. I mean, many, all of us have that testimony. Many of us, man, I don't deserve to be here. And because of that, we should do all that we can or she can to follow and enlarge the kingdom of God. If ever there would have or should have been a, 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 you know, a street corner preacher to rival Noah or John the Baptist, it should have been Lazarus. John the Baptist was a street preacher. He was out there, you know. Noah was out there, a preacher of righteousness for many, many years. Uh, 120 years he preached. Only people that got saved was his family, but it was worth it. Hallelujah. Uh, but if there ever should have been a rival, it should have been this man, Lazarus, raised from the dead. But such was not to be. Such was not the case. Uh, see, personally speaking, I don't think the Apostle Paul would have been needed and to come along to, to you know, there in the book of Acts. I, I don't think they would have needed the, the Apostle Paul to write all those 13, 14 epistles that are accredited to him. See, Lazarus should have been the one. Lazarus should have been the, the person there. He should have been the first one there, man. Uh-uh, uh-uh. He, he raised me from the dead. Get in line, Paul. Get, the, get thee behind me. Uh, he didn't call him Satan. He said, get behind me. Uh, sorry, bro. Uh, there should have been no more grateful disciple than Lazarus. Raised from the dead. But while the Bible does say that in the beginning, a number of people, and I just read those scriptures, a number of people believed on Jesus because of Lazarus. But as things got hot, and as things went on, as Jesus went from Bethany to Jerusalem, and ultimately to the cross, Lazarus was nowhere to be seen. As the plot got hot, he took off like a shot. He didn't even go to the funeral. Uh, you ever been to a funeral? And I've been to some funerals, and I said, was the husband there? The husband didn't even show up. Uh, was the wife there? The wife didn't even show up. I mean, that's sad. The guy didn't even go to Jesus' funeral. He wasn't there following him. Mm, man. Nowhere in the book of Acts is Lazarus mentioned at all as being one of the committed disciples. Sad. You read, I mean, he should have been there. Should have been there doing that. Should have been hungry for the things of God. See, what Jesus must, what he must have thought of when, when he looked down from the cross and Lazarus was not there. 
at his funeral. He saw a number of disciples, he saw a lot of women. Women know how to follow Jesus. Amen. Uh, <clears throat> but not no Lazarus. Lazy Lazarus. It was out doing it up someplace else. See, Lazarus had the potential to have done great things for Christ. Yet somehow and for some reason, the man dummied up. If ever there was someone, you know, who should not have, you know, uh, uh, committed, uh, you know, his, if he, somebody that should have not counted his life dear to him, it was Lazarus. Shouldn't have counted his life dear to himself. Uh, but, but he did. Lazarus, he knew who Jesus was and why he had come. Yet he chose self over sacrifice. I've preached before that the Bible says, especially in the book of Revelations, and they love not their life, what does it say? Unto death. Doesn't mean until death. Uh, remember, I've, I've taught this before, but some of you don't, haven't heard it, and some of you need to be refreshed on it. But there's a difference between until death and unto death. Until death means to, you, you die. Until somebody, until your life's taken. But unto death means they didn't love their life unto death. In other words, they didn't care what happened. Unto death. Now today, they didn't value their life. They valued Christ higher than even their own lives. Unto death instead of until death. See, someday we're going to die. Until I die. That's something that's going to happen. Until I die. Unto death is an attitude. They love not their life unto death. If I'm going to die, then so be it. I mean, every time I get on a plane, that's the unto death attitude. Uh, I am not a trained pilot. You know, now I just read about another Alaska Airlines got it again. I don't know if you read about it in the paper. Alaska Airlines had some, some dummy guy. Uh, wanted to take down the whole plane. Ay, ay, ay. Something about going to Puerto Vallarta. Uh, if you read the articles. Uh, that was the same plane that, that crashed coming from near Point McGoover in Oxnard. Uh, the same, same flight coming again, Alaska Airlines. Uh, ay, ay, ay. Some dummy, dummy. Uh, trying to, 252 passengers. Man, that's unto death. Uh, taking that attitude like, hey, you know, you're going to go out there and win unto death. Uh, so you have to have, and Lazarus didn't have that attitude. Not at all. Not with him. So then, why was Lazarus not one of those committed and devoted disciples? Why wasn't he one of those followers of Christ? Why wasn't he at the funeral? Okay, and why wasn't he one of the key characters in the book of Acts? Why didn't he write some of the epistles? Why didn't he do all that he should have done? Well, let me give you a few quick reasons why I believe. Okay? One could be that once we become familiar with somebody, we tend to lose that sense of devotion. That happens. We tend to think that we're, you know, we're, eh, we can probably get away with anything. Even selfishness. Uh, he'll, he'll let me get away with it. It's okay. That's only Pastor Steve. He's a nice fella. Uh, those men that were there at the, on Friday night heard Pastor Ed. Uh, didn't, didn't you hear about how Sonny rebukes them? And, uh, uh, well, he didn't tell you. He didn't be, because Ed doesn't hang around with me that much. <laughs> uh, so he ain't been there when I got rebuked. Man. Pastor uh, Sonny. You know, just the other day in Australia. Whoo, got me good. Got me good. I mean, he didn't even waste a second. You know, as soon as the incident happened, we were walking back. Julie was sitting there. David was sitting there, Martinez, and I mean, right in front of them. He didn't, he just turned around and let me have it. You know what's wrong with you, Steve? <laughs> hey, don't laugh. He brought in your ch the church too. 
<laughs> and I talked about it last Sunday, right? Didn't I talk about it last Sunday? Uh, when it comes to finances, come on, we got to get up there. Uh, and it was a financial issue. And that's what he said. I mean, your church is good at this. You're good at that. You're, but with a whole bunch of T's. But, you know, I go, oh, Jesus, here it comes. And I had to sit there and take it for you guys. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, you got to ride the beef, man. That I know. You don't, I'm not going to make no excuses. Tell me. Uh, me. Uh, but, see, we tend to think that, that, that we can get away with anything. You can't. But when we get familiar with somebody, that can happen. Uh, remember, Demas has forsaken me, Paul says. Why? He loved this present world, but plus also he got familiar with the Apostle Paul. He thought, ah, oh, just Polly, my friend. The Apostle Polly. Hi, Polly. What's going on? Hey, Sonny. Uh, just Sonny. Uh, it's Brother Stevie. Uh, the only one that calls me Stevie is Mando. Hallelujah. Uh, he's always, he calls me Stevie. Oh, and also if you're from my hometown. Hallelujah. Uh, like Stevie. Uh, we get familiar. Demas got familiar with the Apostle Paul, so he forsook him. He cut him loose. Uh, he thought he knew it all. Or maybe Lazarus got, you know, caught up in the, in the glory and the glamour of the limelight. So that he just aced himself out. Or perhaps he could have been a spoiled kid, a mama's boy. Because he was, Mary and Martha did all the work. Look what he was doing there. He was reclining. Uh, maybe he got spoiled. He was a mama's boy. Uh, I mean, Martha and Mary, they, they, you know, they took care of him. And they cried when he died. They're, oh, my, 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 my son, my brother. Uh, like my mother used to say in Spanish. Okay, I'll, I'll translate it in English too, though. There was a, a term in Spanish called Chico Bigotón. Which means, man, uh, look at you, look at you. You got a big old mustache, but you can't take care of business. That's what it means. And probably Lazarus had a big old brocha. Big old. But he was a mama's boy. He was a fake and a phony and a fraud. Uh, he thought he was a man of God, but he wasn't. And he'd been raised from the dead. But whatever the case, whatever the reason, Lazarus still dummied up. Lazy Lazarus from Bethany. That's who he was. See, I believe this is the classic story of which our ministry of Victor Arch can learn from. And we can learn a lot from this. Because many of us are modern day Lazarus, are we not? Amen. We've been raised from the dead. We don't deserve to be here. Amen. God's touched our life. Amen. He that is forgiveth much should love much. Amen. I say should. Uh, but a lot of us don't. See, if there was any people or any ministry on this planet who should be grateful and who should you know, demonstrate that gratefulness with a committed life, it's us. If there's any people who should run like, you know, like, like horses from day one, from the get-go, from the gate, it's us. I mean, why not? I've done it. I've tried to do it. I haven't been all that, you know. But, I man, since God touched my life, it's been like, you know. And I, I spent two and a half years in the home. That's just for starters. That's just for starters. One day's like, what? A thousand years in the home. The Bible says that. It seems like it sometimes, right, guys? Shush. And I heard since I got back, you know, so-and-so left, so-and-so left, so-and-so left. Why are you so-and-so? In Spanish, they call it so-and-so. That, that's dummy. That's what they call it so-and-so. So-and-so left, you know. That, that he shouldn't have left. Got to graduate. Got to get that paper like these guys did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but that's, that's up to them. Because it gets hard. Not easy. Uh, but I, ever since I've been in the home, and hey, you know. And it's, I mean, and I've always valued my sleep. But when I was in the home, I, I mean, that was, I was real. I was a youngster. Full of vigor and man, but man, you gotta wait, get up 5:30, 5 o'clock, let's go, let's come on. Uh, 
Uh, and then get to bed late, especially when you become staff. Well, some guys don't want to become staff. They want to still sleep, you know. I got to gotta do it again. Uh, time to do it again. But I spent two and a half years in that thing. But hey, I, I, because I was grateful. Modern day Lazarus. Yet my friend, it's sad to say that we still have a number of modern day Lazarus who are still disappointing Christ this very day. Lazarus was a disappointment to Jesus. There's a number of us who have been forgiven much, yet we love very little. We're lazy as Lazarus. See, Lazarus surely had the resume and he had the background to have been able to rival and to go toe-to-toe and knee-to-knee with the Apostle Paul. He did. The resume that had, the background that he had. Yet he melted into obscurity. Uh, like many after him. Uh, that, that's what happened. See, maybe this could have had something to do with Lazarus' decision. How ironic that, that the man who was, who was you know, given a second chance at life ended up loving that life a bit too much. He loved it too much. Um, he was given a second chance. You know, not my will, but thy will be done. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life, for changing my life. Maybe he felt that this time around, he'd live for himself a little bit more. Uh, hey, this time around, I'm going to do it up. This time, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to the clubs now, man. I've been, uh, uh, you know, I got saved too early. Uh, I want my chance in life, man. I'm getting too old now. I got to go clubbing, man. Don't think, young people, that that's not going to hit you. That's going to hit you. Trust me, I know. I got saved at a young age. I'm still young. Help me. That, that, that's real help, you know. No, I can't have you lie. I can't have you lie. <laughs> uh, but I know what it's like. You think us older people don't know? We know. But I, I've been 26 years worth of this stuff today. 26 years ago today, I got saved. And the devil's going to tempt you like, oh, man, you don't, you're missing out. Missing out. Uh, no, no, no. I've been there, did that. It's terrible. It's not worth it. Uh, so Lazarus, maybe he, he got selfish. But on the other hand, his sister... Mary, see, we're contrasting the lives of both of them here today. Mary, she turned out to be the one that all the words and all the efforts that Christ brought forth was worth it. See, as they were sitting at the feet of Jesus, somebody got it. Somebody gets it. Uh, somebody was there and, and received the words of Christ and took him to heart and took him to feet and took him to hands. Uh, she did, she, she worked for God. Uh, and that, that's what happens many times the word of God goes forth but you never know who's grasping it who's getting it Mary was the one that ended up showing she ended up displaying her gratitude by giving unto Jesus a broken alabaster box worth the Bible says a whole year's wages nothing but the best for the best Amen. see Mary's mentality was probably that she had acquired that ointment she had gotten that perfume that alabaster box for the burial of her brother that's probably what she had already. She had the box already, a year's wages, and oh, my brother. Uh, I mean, you know, what I've said before is life is expensive, but so is death. I mean, look at a whole year's wages for the, for the, for the burial. Uh, that was for the funeral. She had the, the thing there ready for the funeral. But then she doesn't have to use it. Uh, the guy doesn't go to jail no more. Uh, you don't have to be spending money on going to go see your son. Or your daughter in jail no more. Because she'd been raised from the dead. He'd been raised from the dead. Um, 
That's the mentality, the merry mentality. That's the mentality she had. Uh, I mean, just think of it. Personally, I spent so much money on my arm. Oh, Jesus. I mean, rainy ale. I spent so much money on, on, on liquor and, and, and alcohol. I wouldn't buy cigarettes. I bummed them. But most of you bought them. Most of you. I know who I'm talking to. So I, know, well, I know a bum when I see one. And I ain't got no mirror here right now. So most of you probably were not to my capacity, my degree of terribleness, you know. And most of you, I, I can tell the people, you guys here, I know you about cigarettes. I know you, even you, George. I don't know. I don't know. He's taking notes. Uh, I think George might have hung out with me. <laughs> Maybe, a few times, you know, but if he had the money, but I wouldn't. Even if I had the money, I wouldn't buy cigarettes. Okay? But most of us, we've spent all kinds of money on different stuff. That money, that's the way Mary looked at it. She says, man, I don't got to spend no more money. This ointment, it was meant for my brother anyways. No big thing. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give it to Jesus. Ah, she gave it to Christ. See, how many of us could learn a lesson from Mary? Just think of all the money we, have, we, really, we really wasted on ourselves and on our family and our, you know, our, our, our now saved loved ones. But because of the resurrection power of Christ applied on our safe family, we can now use that same finances, those same money on Jesus, just like Mary did. She used it on Christ. Uh, I mean, I think cigarettes today cost like, what, three, I don't know, three dollars, two, two sixty, two, uh, crazy. Uh, almost like a gallon of gas. Uh, Gazarus, hallelujah. Man. See, but only a heart of gratitude like Mary's is able to give lavishly, just like Mary did. She gave lavishly. Uh, man. See, there's this certain element about God that most of us, being human, will never understand. A certain thing that, that, that really, and, and, and for lack of better terms, it really turns God on when we give lavishly. It turns God on when, when we give the way we're supposed to give, when we do the way we're supposed to do. It turns the heart of God on. It gets God's adrenaline going to the point where when he sees it going on, he digs it. I almost entitled the sermon Flossy. It's a new term. You guys don't know about it. Uh, it means mean. It means bad. It means wow. Uh, look at you dressed Flossy. This guy getting Flossy. Uh, look at her. She's all decked out. Looking good like a Christian should. Flossy. Uh, I almost titled it because yesterday when I got home, uh, they picked me up at the airport, came, and then my wife says, they got you a uniform to wear to the concert tonight. And I said, man, I might have to still, I might not even go to the concert. She said, no, no, they got you the uniform. And I looked at it, and I go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I said, man, I don't know about, you know, I'm, wow, I don't and then I got it. It was brand new. They even bought me brand new shoes, still in the box. Lugs. <laughs> they'd be bad. You know what I mean? Uh, they'd be bad. And I say, man, these people went all out. Flossy. Uh, that's the merry mentality. Nothing but the best for the best. 
That's the kind of attitude we have to have in order to do what God's called Victor Chamber to do. A flossy kind of an attitude. And we have to do the best for the best. So I had to wear it. Uh, they even put General Pineda. Uh, that was a mean garb. That was a mean uniform, man. I almost wore it today. Yeah, right. Uh, but see, that's what turns God on. Flossy, hallelujah. And let me just stop here. It's not in my notes, but man, we got to take care of business here in this church. We got, we got you know, things to do and things to do and things to do and things to do and things to do. And people to see and things to do and things to do and things to do. And people to see because we're going to do good stuff. I mean, we got to get that out there for you. We got to get the chandeliers out there. We got to, we got to do it like Pastor Sonny's church, guys. You see, that's why I'm having the meeting Saturday, next Saturday, guys. I'll tell you right now. I want all the men as possible to be here. I don't want to meet in, in, in that room. It's too small. I want to meet in, in here. Packed out with real mighty men of valor. Uh, Saturday, 10 o'clock, right here, next Saturday. Uh, because we got, we got to take our business here. I mean, we have an opportunity, and we got to seize that opportunity now. Yes, we got to take care of our second mortgages. We have three of them, and that's our priority, but also we got to knock down some walls. Because I believe this coming week, we're going to probably get the okay to, to start knocking walls down. And so, who knows, Saturday we might start doing it. I'll get everybody right there. <laughs> Time to run with mules. Hallelujah. Kick the doors down. Uh, we might. You did. We might. It might happen. You ladies might come here on Sunday and wow. Uh, because we might get the okay. But we got to take care of business. We got to get God's house looking. Flossy. Flossy, come on. Yeah. Uh, but that's what turns the Lord on. It's a thing that Bible calls faith. Faith pleases God. When God sees that faith in operation in somebody's life or in somebody's group or if you will, in some church, it riles him up. A church full of faith, a people full of faith, an individual, a young man full of faith, a young woman full of faith. It gets his adrenaline going. Remember the centurion who came to Jesus and asked Christ you know, uh, to, to take care of you know, his, his, one of his soldiers? Ah... And, and, and Jesus says, man, no greater faith have I seen. He says, the, he, he, Jesus says, I'll go with you to go heal him. Jesus says, he, the centurion tells Jesus, no, you don't have to go. Just speak the word. You don't have to drive over there. Man, you know, I'm a soldier under command. All you got to do is command the demons to leave and it'll happen. He says, no greater faith. That moves him. That gets him going. I mean, we have quite an opportunity. Yes, we got these seconds to take care of. Yes, we got, but then we're going to take on even more. That, Jesus is like, yeah. Ah, Gabriel and... Michael, go over to Jesus. They blow their hands and say, man, you know, this, this church down here, oh, it's Hayward again. It's the Hayward church. I, I, I believe that. I, I don't know about you, but, you know, I've been, if you know the Bible, I believe that. I believe Jesus gets like, I mean, you know, though he already knows, but he's saying, who's going to preach today? Ooh, the pastor of Church of God in Christ from Melbourne is going to be in Hayward. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got to be there. Got to be there. Uh, Gabriel, I don't know where you guys got to be at tonight. Saturday night, not too many churches have a good church. Uh, Sunday morning, yes, we got to be different places, but you got your choice. But Gabriel and, and, and Michael, hey, uh, you know, I'm telling you, today you should be in Victor Average Hayward tonight because it's, going, it's, it's on. Uh, you should see, when that guy preaches, you never know what he's going to say. I want to be there to correct him, to help him out, to give him the anointing. Uh, because they're going to branch out in faith. That, that, that gets them going. I told you before, God hangs out in the deep water where the faith is. Waiting for churches to, to come out on the boat. Uh, to, all right, now I got to operate for these people. Um, faith pleases God. 
Uh, or how about the friends of the paraplegic man? Uh, they wouldn't take no for an answer. I mean, they had to mess up somebody's roof. But they let that to Jesus. Oh, I got to heal him. Faith. Faith. That gets Jesus going. Uh, see, that's what Jesus saw with Mary. Here was a woman whom other people couldn't comprehend what she was doing. Giving a whole year's wages for one brief moment. One brief occasion. And they call it a waste. How can Victory Outreach spend so much money on a one-day concert? I mean, we, we, you, you know how much we had to give love offering, $1,500. And yesterday when I picked up the offering, I, you know, we didn't have to pick up an offering because it wasn't going to be that much. But I told the people, we're going to pick up an offering because we've got to teach you how to give. That's all. Uh, but no, the money we're going to pick up today, I said, it's not even going to be, not even going to be, you know, nothing compared to the, the bill we're going to have to pay after this concert. And not a lot of people got saved. But it was worth it if it was just for one. Uh, I just felt we needed to do this because we're going to have to start something going here. We need to, I mean, something's got to have to happen. And we could have taken T-Bone someplace else. We could, you know, we could do it. But we got, to, we got to put Hayward on the map. We got to have people start coming to Hayward. Uh, oh, it's just Hayward. No, but you should have been there last time, bro. They get down. See, our reputation will precede us. Uh, and, and, and we put out a lot of money for just one, one occasion. Uh, but, it, but it's worth it. People say, oh, what a waste. Uh, what did I mention yesterday? Nika came out of this uh, when we, she got saved at, at the, when we put on the straight from the hood. There was a lot of people got saved that day, hundreds and hundreds. But only a few panned out, hallelujah. Uh, Pan-fried noodles, hallelujah. Uh, Pan-fried Nika. Uh, but it was worth it. It's not a waste. See, we got to learn some of these things. And we got to learn from the nature of God. That God himself is a lavish, bigger than life giver. And I've mentioned this before. When God does something, he don't fool around. I mean, I flew from half, a little more than halfway down Australia to, to Manila. But man, I mean, I fell asleep finally. And when I came to, I was still in Australia. Australia's big. That's a lot of land. Ah. And then you fly over the ocean. That's a lot of ocean. I don't even look down. Uh, When God does, I mean, that's a whole lot of water. I've told you before, when I drove the first time from Seattle to Yakima, Washington, I ain't never seen so many trees. Just trees, 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 trees. And not just by the side of the road, I can imagine the rest of the forest. When God does something, he does it lavishly. Um, Pressed down, shaken together, running over. Overproduction. Remember we preached about that later, a few months ago? When God has to do something, overproduce. That's what he does. Uh, give more. And God will give you more. Uh, when God does something, he seems also to do it in access. He seems to go overboard. Like Mary did. She, that's the Mary mentality is really the God mentality. More than enough. Uh, that's what God is able to do. And we need to understand that. How about space? Man, we can never figure that one out. That's, that's a whole lot of space out there. Sand, the sands of, this, uh, of the seashore. It's a whole lot of sand. God doesn't waste no expense on his nature in his creation. He does it, my friend. He does it a big. He does not withhold anything. God spares no expense. And that's part of Victor's scripture. So I was going to preach on it today, but I decided to preach this one. Spare not. Don't spare. Go for it. Go all out. 
That's one of God's demo. I mean, those are the, I mean, I heard some of the, our guys when they went to see Pastor Sunny's church, they had never been there to Pastor Sunny's church. And everybody was like, I've told you already, it's the biggest seating church in the greater downtown Los Angeles area. There's no bigger seating capacity church than his. Uh, and then he, he built it so they could put up a balcony. Uh, and then you walk in there, real, it's not even tile, it's, it's real beautiful stuff. Uh, all that, I don't know what that, but it's nice. And I know we're going to put some out there too. Yeah, we are. Uh, and we want to make it, you know, because we got to get ready. Uh, when we build out, you know, come, we got to do it up. Uh, spacious. Nothing but the best for the best. But everybody was like tripping out. Wow. Uh, for the first time, I was like, uh, and I don't know if you caught it, but even Sunday Junior, when he preached, he said, we're going to pack this, but see, it's not packed out yet. It's not packed out yet on Sunday mornings. But they got room to grow. Uh, because it's, it's a large seating place. No expense. Spare not. That's God. We got to think big. Very important. Don't spare. Go for it. See, the Bible says that in the process of salvation, God spared not his only son, but gave him up for us. To do big things requires a spare not merry mentality. That's what it's going to take. And if we want to do it up big, we have to have that mentality. Very, very important. And, and trust me, we, you know, we don't have that bad of a turnout right now. But the 11 o'clock is what, much bigger. It's almost packed. Uh, so we're going to need some space here. And then after that, especially next week, family. Family Sunday. More people are going to start getting saved. Then we got Soul Sunday coming up. Then we got Easter coming up. Uh, all that. So we need, we need to think big. And then we need to act as such. See, church, God can identify with giving like Mary. Uh, it gets him going. It gets his adrenaline going when the people are able to do that. And with that, I close by saying that our own very giving, okay, that's what gets God's going as well. See, Mary and Lazarus, God gave them the opportunity to do great exploits. He gave them both. Lazarus could have been the greatest disciple of all time. So can you. He that is forgiveth much, loveth much. Lazarus dummied up, but not Mary. Not Mary. Listen to me, church, as I close. For this is the brunt of the sermon here this morning. What we've been talking about here is love. Love. Some of you understand this, some of you don't. But love gives, plain and simple. That's what it does, it gives. Love, real, genuine, biblical love, never asks how little I can do. It always asks how much I can do. It holds nothing back. It spares not. And when our God in heaven sees that very love in action, he can't help uh, but, 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 but want to jump in here with us and work for us and work through us. Uh, see, because he can identify with that. Learn to be a lavish giver. God is lavish. He don't fool around. He don't withhold nothing. He withheld not his only begotten son. He gave his best for the best, which is you. We got to follow suit. I mean, I don't know any other way of Christianity. Sorry. I've told you before the other day when I was preaching here a few months ago that if you want to play politics, if you want to do in ministry and leadership, you weren't, you're not going to learn it here because I can't teach it to you. Because I don't know how to play politics in, in Christianity. But I'm telling you now, I don't know any other way of living for God other than full throttle, full, full speed ahead. Uh, I, I don't know any other way. You know, yes, yeah, sometimes we have a salvation stations where we're just a salvation station vacation where we can just take it easy. 
Gilgal experiences, I've taught you that. But by and large, it's always, you know, war, 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 war time. It's do, 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 do. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. We're leaving a legacy, as my wife preached before. But we need to run with the horses. The Bible says, how can you contend with the footmen? Uh, excuse me, how can you, you know, deal with the swellings of the Jordan when you can't even contend with the footmen? How can you cross the Jordan at, at high tide when you can't even keep up with the footmen? No. And that is one of my jobs, to push us and stretch us. I was going to speak a sermon on stretching. We, we got to do that, stretching our mentality. Going, going for it. Spare not, go for it. I'm going to preach that sermon, but I want to stash it. I'll, I'll save it for later. I'm sparing not. I'll spare it. Hallelujah. Uh, but listen, we, we, we got our, our work cut out for us. But what a great opportunity. But if we don't seize the opportunity, wow, you, your family could be in trouble. Loved ones could be in trouble. Uh, I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Faith gets a lavish God going. God wants to do a lot. We need to do a lot. We need to, to be the people God has called us to be. Do the works that Christ has called us to do. Lazarus had a great opportunity. You don't hear about him in the book of Acts. They didn't have to be an apostle Paul. It could have been Lazarus. Raised from the dead. But he took more than advantage of the second opportunity in life to live for himself. Not for others. Selfishness versus sacrifice. The apostle Paul. He himself had to write anywhere from 13 to 14 books in the Bible. Maybe he could have divided them up with Lazarus. But Lazarus was lazy. Lazarus or lazy us. Again, men, this Saturday, I pray that we would come and be a part of this meeting. Let's do the work God has called us to do. I want to go through every nook and cranny of this church. I want to make an edifice worthy, worthy for Jesus. Hallelujah. And there's so much to be done, and I don't need to belabor the point. But as every head is bowed and every eye Spirit of God moving in ministry, and you say, Brother Steve, this, this message was for me. I, in a spiritual sense, have been raised from the dead. I've been given, like Lazarus, a new lease in life. Mary took advantage of that. Jesus' words did not fall on deaf ears. He was trying to disciple Lazarus, but the good soil wasn't Mary. Thank God. And I want to pray for those of you that say, this, my heart is good soil. My heart is good soil, and I, I want to be like Mary. I want to be mighty in battle. I want to do exploits for God's honor and glory, and God's called me for that. But you haven't been living up to it as of late, and you know it, and you understand that. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for those of you that say, Brother Steve, the sermon was for me, and I want you to pray for me. If that's you, I'm going to ask you very quickly to stand to your feet right there where you're at. You've been challenged here this morning, and you want me to pray for you from all over this place. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right there where you're at. Hallelujah. Lazarus or lazy us. Hallelujah. I know no other Christianity than full throttle, full speed ahead. Best way to do it. It's worth it. Oh, God, it's worth it. As I look back at my 26 years today, I'm able to see a, a number of people that I've been able to lead to Christ, a number of people that they've been able to lead to Christ, a whole entourage of, of Christians from Europe to Australia, to Asia, to America, to Mexico, 
especially to Mexico. So many of my friends from Mexico that came up to me this past conference and were quoting titles of my sermons that I preached many, many years ago there in Mexico. It's worth it, people. It's worth it. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Anybody else is my last call. You want to be included in this prayer? Say, the sermon was for me. It was right up my freeway. I'm going to ask you quickly to join these that are already standing. Stand to your feet. I want to say a prayer for you. Anybody else? This is my last call. Now I'm going to ask all you standing to come and stand here at this altar. I want to say a prayer for you. Come and stand at this altar. Hallelujah. We have a few minutes yet left before the 11 o'clock service. So I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to say a prayer for you. Right here as you stand at this altar. Let me be changed when I enter in. Those of you on your seats, just sing a song to Jesus. Help us sing it to the lover of our soul. Let me be changed as I draw near to the presence of the Holy God. Those of you here at this altar, I'm going to ask you to bow your head and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for calling me. Thank you for creating me. I thank you for life, eternal life, abundant life. I don't deserve it. Lazarus and I were given a second chance in life. Again, I don't deserve it. But you must see something in me that I cannot. This sermon finished by saying that the main issue is love. You left your throne to come to the sin-sick world to die on a cross for the ability to forgive me of my sins and others as well because you loved me. Let your love flow from my heart to my veins out to the lost. Do whatever you must to get me to your heavens but allow me to do whatever I must to get others to heaven. To get others to heaven. Help me to work with a merry mentality to give lavishly to think big, to do great exploits, to do great exploits for your honor and glory. In your name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. From the bottom of my heart, to forgive me of all my sins. I am so sorry for acting selfishly, allowing the evil inclinations in my mind to take control of my body. I'm sorry. I don't want to hurt you. Allow me to allow you to move through me. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And that includes my body. 
forgive me. Give me the power over sin. Give me the power to say no to sin, my flesh, and the enemy. And to say yes, to say yes by faith to you. I place my life in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me say a prayer for all of you. Father, right now I pray. I pray right now, Jesus. I pray right now, Jesus. I pray right now, Jesus. Lord, draw them closer to you, Lord God. Draw us closer to you. Draw us by your love. Give us vision for our lives, Lord God. Lord God. Oh, we got so much to lose, but so much to gain. We got so much to lose, and yet so much to gain. Pour out your blessings, Lord God. Allow us to think and to consider and to reckon, Lord God. Our lives in your hands, Jesus. Out of the hands of the enemy, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord God. In Jesus' holy and only name I pray, Lord God. Glorify yourself. Glorify yourself. Purify my heart in the flame. Fill me anew. Fill me anew as I worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Send down, send down your all-consuming fire. Purify my heart in the flame. Fill me anew. Fill me anew as I worship you in the beauty of your holy name. Let me be changed when I enter in to the glory of the As I draw near, as I draw near to the presence of the Holy God, to the presence, to the presence of the Holy God, to the presence, to the presence of the Holy God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, 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 make a way. Make a way, Lord Jesus. Make a way, Jesus. Make a way, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, now in closing, I pray for all of us that have heard your word, Lord. Lazarus heard it. Mary heard it. Jesus was trying to disciple Lazarus, but it fell on deaf ear, Lord God, but not with Mary. Let me be like Mary, Lord God. Let us have that mentality, Lord God, to to pour out into your bosom, Lord God. Not to withhold, Lord God, but to, to give lavishly. I pray for this church, this ministry here, Lord God, that so much potential in this church, so much potential, anybody could see that, Lord God. Let us reach that full potential. Let us not shun back. Let us press on. Let us press in. Press in, Jesus. Bless your people, Lord God as they give themselves wholeheartedly to you. Bless, bless, bless. That's a triple blessing, I pray. 
in all aspects, in all areas of life, socially, financially, spiritually, especially, biblically. Hallelujah. In all areas of life. I ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 We just got to answer to the heart of God and say, Yes, Lord. I say, Yes, yes, Lord. To your will and to your way. I'll say, Yes. I'll say, Yes. I will trust you and obey. Hallelujah. With my whole heart, I will say, I'll say, Yes. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Jesus. Kalalalalalalamara Santa, Kokoro Santa, Kalalala Santa, Kokoro Santa. Yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We wrap our arms around your feet, Jesus. We don't want to let you go. You've been so good to us, Jesus. Only one life will soon be passed. My father lived his life. I thank you for the life of my father. Thank you, Jesus, for how he lived. Especially at the last stages of his life. The last 10 years were so strong in you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. May we follow suit. We live as such, all out for you. Everything else, Lord God, can go by the wayside, but not whatever we do for you. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Let us be doers of your word and not hearers only. Doers and not hearers only. Lord, give me direction for this body. Let us feed the leadership, Lord God. Let us feed the flock. Be with my wife and I, Lord God, as we lead this flock. Give us direction, unction, protection. Especially direction, Jesus, for this ministry, this church. Name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Consider yourselves dismissed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I could bask in the God's presence all morning long. Hallelujah. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Another day has passed. Special speaker tonight. We want your presence. 5.30 for prayer, 6 o'clock. The service begins. For us to draw near and sing. We want you, Lord. We want to praise your name. We want to magnify the Lord of hosts and request one simple thing just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you is my desire.